Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. Welcome to Habs Unfiltered Sit Rep, a weekly show where our hosts, Blaine, Matt, and Treg, will go over the Montreal Canadiens' news, notes, and rumors, and provide you an unfiltered take. problem getting big city slams are you not getting the gains at the gym well don't mortgage your future on rental supplements get burger arms burger arms get you the gains you need burger arms gets rid of all the bad attitude and builds better character so you can get the gains you need get burger arms burger arms burger arms today not a real project they make you trade your favorite player for a mountain man do not use if you're healthy, if you want it loyalty, buy a dog. Second period will start with Nick Suzuki up against Crosby, and Nick had a steady diet of Crosby and Malkin, mostly Crosby in the first period as he played almost six minutes. Up the boards. Jari leaves the puck there. Latang up the boards. Tanev. Sherratt pinched on, turned the puck over. Here's Paul Byron again. He gets hooked. There'll be a power play. No, there won't. Arturi Lekkinen from Paul Byron beat Tristan Jerry on a delayed penalty call, and the Montreal Canadiens have a one to nothing lead with 4-11 to go in the third. On va écouler les dernières secondes. Dégagement. Les Canadiens réalisent ce qui semblait impossible. Ils éliminent les Pingouins. And welcome to another exciting, adventurous, special playoff edition Habs Unfiltered. I am your host, Craig Wilson. I'm joined with my other host, Matt Smith. Good evening. And Blaine, French guy from Sudbury, Potvin. Comment ça va, les petits gars? Oui, c'est ça. C'est ça que That's what she said. I don't know. Yeah? I, I have no idea what you said. <clears throat> my French I is... He, I don't think he knows either. I, I don't think he's... I kind of rambled. Yeah, I think I think you spoke Subarian. I think that was actually English, just Northern Ontario English. Mm. <laughs> so how are you guys, Matt? I know you're not feeling well today. So, yeah, I uh, feel like uh, I feel like shit, but uh, you know I'm here. You know, for you guys, do this show. We got a lot to uh, we got a lot to cover, so uh, I'm here. 
That's and how's your beard? That's what everyone is really worried about is your beard. The beard beard's still there. It's all good. Okay. And Blaine, Blaine, how are you? Oh, I'm doing great and my beard is coming in beautifully. Don't you know you can't talk about your beard after we already mentioned Matt's beard. There's just no, compar- no too there's bad. No, there's no comparison. I'm sorry. Beard power. It's Matt beard powder. It's Matt has a beard like Jesus. Well, Matt's growing a beard to be better looking. I'm growing a beard to hide my ugly. Oh, okay. If you put it that way, then that makes perfect sense. Perfect sense. So, I thought it was pretty freaking obvious. <laughs> well, I mean, I I don't I just don't look at you. I just try avoid you as much as possible. So, and Matt That's does good. Matt lives in Ontario, so he can do nothing but avoid you. So, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we've rambled. Uh, so what we're going to talk about is the all-important, the all-upsetting uh, Habs victory over the juggernaut Penguins. Uh, we're going to start with you, Matt. Uh, what did you think of the series? And what, uh, yeah, what did you think of the series? We'll just go with that. Well, I, I think we saw some uh, real growth in the uh, Canadian system, uh, mainly with the youth. And we've... Uh, we touched on this in our last show when uh, Carey Price is um, rested. He's a very good goaltender. He's very good at any other time, but when he's rested, he really shines. And, um, you know, 1.67 goals against, 947 save percentage, and a shutout for the series. I think the defense looked very good, namely, you know, the Trident, as they're calling them, and uh, Sherratt, Petrie, and Weber. We saw... Uh, Guys step up, play physical. Uh, the penalty kill was, you know, it was uh, was was pretty decent. You know, they were just over, you know, eighty two percent. It's gonna have to get even better during the uh, during the Flyers series, which obviously we'll touch on. But um, the one thing that stood out for me was the uh, the power play it continues to struggle. They're over twelve during the series, and that's gonna have to be something that they work on during these short days going into the first round of the playoffs. Um, I'd also take a look at maybe giving Domi some sort of winger or changing that lineup because you can't really make the, uh, can't really make the argument now that Domi joined the team late. That's why he was in that position. Like you've got room to move, you know what he can bring to the team. You know, in the final game, he played nine thirty one, And, wasn't really wasn't really out there at all. The only guys that played less than him were his line mates. Um, speaking of the last game, I think Tatar had his best game, and so did Mete. Even though Mete still isn't really playing playoff hockey, he hasn't shot the puck, and he still hasn't thrown a hit. But it was a step in the right direction for him after we uh, we called out both those guys on our last show. What about you, Blaine? Well, um, my uh, my prediction went completely down the tubes. Uh, I thought the Canadians would keep every game close, even when um, maybe even have an overtime game, which was totally true. But the outcomes were kind of different than I expected. I thought, you know, the Penguins would be able to pull out a four a four game series win. The Canadians did it instead, and it was all because uh, Deno was able to take on. That, that heavy load of about 20, 21 minutes per game, playing 
man-to-man against either Crosby or Malkin, depending on how uh, Mike Sullivan deployed his guys for line match- line matching. And that left about 21 minutes a game for Suzuki to go up against usually Malkin. Uh, in the second game, I think it was Crosby, as well as the fourth game, he was up against Crosby. And that kind of saw uh, that that ice time getting eaten up by those two. Uh, and well, props to them for shutting down Crosby and Malkin. I mean, Malkin finished what? The, he finished a series with uh, one assist, and he was a minus three. He got about 18, 20 shots off, but I think only one was in the slot. So those two did their job, and then Kotniemi stepped in. He got very little ice time, about 13 minutes a game, but he still tied the uh, tied for the team lead in goals, uh, plus minus. He was right up there with the, with, uh, the top of the Canadians list. Uh, he led the team in hits. Uh, his line led in Corsi uh, possession time, ozone possession time, and it's not just not just the underlying numbers, but he was being thrown out as uh, an energy line right after a penalty or right after a power play to to kind of like it, jar things up again. And he he looked better. He looked he he was he looked like he was uh, steadier on his feet. He was much more physical. He was going to the net. That's how he scored his two goals. So the Canadian centers were the reason they won the series. I'm going to say it again. The Canadian centers were the reason they won the series. When was the last time anybody could say that about a Montreal Canadiens team in the last 30 years? 1993. Yeah, and since then, Turgeon was there for a little bit. Uh, Danfus was there for a little bit. And then, what, Koivu and Plekinets were around. Let's be honest, as, as much as everybody loves Koivu, he wasn't he wasn't that playoff kind of center. And Plekinets was a good shutdown center, just like Deno is. But he couldn't produce the numbers he needed to produce to make up for um, the lack of depth at center, the lack of size at center. And, and now we're seeing the Canadians actually have that. So... Even if they don't do anything beyond what they just did, beating the Penguins, I think this is a big step forward for this team. I personally think the uh, uh, the the second half of the game three, when he moved Deneau to a third line and uh, Kotkaniemi and Suzuki or Suzuki Kotkaniemi up to first second line respectively, uh, was a major push. But <clears throat> it wasn't a demotion for Deneau. It was more of uh, Julian making a shutdown line in the third line because he had Byron and Lekkonen and Deneau, all three very good defensive forwards. And when he did that, the whole entire flow of the game uh, changed the Canadians' way. He, They just literally, like Crosby's line was the only line that was getting any type of scoring going. Uh, they had two goals. Well, Crosby had two goals, but that line was their essential scoring line. They only scored eight goals the entire um, uh, series. Eight, I think it was eight, eight or nine. Anyway, uh, and when he did that, it not only showed you that he has the confidence in the young guys, Suzuki and Katinami, to say, all right, you're my first and second line. But 
I say first and second line, but Deneau's line was the one that was out there. Uh, I think Kotniemi's time, uh, ice time, like you alluded to there, Blaine, was more of a presence that uh, Sullivan, for at least for the last game and the and the last half of the second game, was almost double shifting the Crosby line. It was coming out almost every other shift, at least for thirty seconds or whatever. And uh, where Terrian had the last change, he was throwing the Deneau line out. Um, <clears throat> but I just think it showed that. Uh, Julian, who everyone says doesn't like youth, was showing confidence in his youth, especially in his centers, uh, to say, all right, you guys get out there and you guys uh, eat up these minutes. And especially with Suzuki uh, shutting down the Malkin line, I liked how he paired Petrie with the Crosby line and Weber with the bigger Malkin line. Uh, I personally think uh, Julian showed what a good coach he is uh, during the series. I think he outcoached Sullivan during the series. That's exactly what I think happened. I, I think you're right in in that that regard. That change to the lines, though, I mean, um, I I agree with you. He does get a lot of flack. Sometimes uh, he doesn't deserve it for quote unquote not liking the youth. But uh, it's not that he doesn't like young players. He doesn't like irresponsible players. He prefers the defensively responsible players. And let's be honest, young players aren't quite uh their defensive game isn't very mature so they tend to get benched or put aside for more more veteran defensive style players which in today's game uh it'll expose your lack of offense pure and simple and and that's been an issue but he didn't do that in this series he he started to trust his players more especially Suzuki who who's who's very good defensively but he's also got that offensive vision so he can line up with their very best wingers and when he finally put Kotniemi with uh offensively gifted wingers his his game started to to ramp up as well and you were right that uh by moving Dano down with those two defensively responsible wingers uh in Byron and uh and Lekkonen that they basically ground the Penguins to nothing they completely locked them out of the offensive zone that last game that was a near perfect game defensively by the canadians uh forward lines uh it it was it was unbelievable to watch how they just basically they just let the penguins stay to the outside and gave them nothing they totally deserved that series the the final game was just you're absolutely right. It's made perfect. They they had very low, high-danger shots. They had very low shots from the slot. Uh, they only had, like, I think 24 shots the entire game. And for a team on the brink of elimination, especially a team who was out shooting the other team in every other game before that, to only have 24 shots when you're almost on the way out the door is is just all about the defensive system being played perfect by the Canadians. And they basically just waited for Pittsburgh to make a mistake, put the puck in the net, and took the lead. And that's exactly it, it. I said on a tweet, on a tweet, it remind me of the 1993 Canadians because that's exactly what they did. They defensively shut the other team down, team down until they started making mistakes and then scored. So, I was told you were totally wrong on that. I, I heard I was totally wrong on that, but I don't know. 69 other people didn't think I was wrong. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe 69, dude. Yeah. Matt, are you still alive um, over there? <laughs> yeah, I'm still here. I'm still here. <laughs> I got something fun for you guys. Let's. Uh, I'm going to throw something at you, and I, I know 
you know, this is, I, I don't, I hate controversy. You know me, quiet in the corner. Don't like any controversy. But uh, what happens if the Penguins actually win the draft lottery? Would, uh, would Canadians' Twitter just burst into flames? I think a loud minority would. Uh, I'm, I mean, I'm going to admit, and you guys know this, I think the better thing for the team in the long run was the pick, the top 10 pick. I truly believe that. I don't think the team should have tanked for it. Like, I'm glad they won the series. I want them to, to continue on and go on. The experience is invaluable. Uh, but the way this team's built right now, I believe the pick was the bet. I think the pick was better for the team in the long run. I think Bergevin's now going to have a harder off season, uh, than he would have had if he would have had a top 10 pick. Um, however, uh, I'm not, you know, I'm, oh, well, we're not getting Lafreniere. We're not getting a top 10 pick. Uh, we're going to get the 16th pick, which I'm perfectly okay with or higher if we go farther, um, or sorry, lower if we go farther. Um, so, and I'm okay with that. Uh, I, but I think there is a, a loud minority who wanted that number one pick or that 12.5% chance and wanted that night, you know, top 10 pick. And, uh, yeah, I think they'll be upset if Pittsburgh gets it. I think they'll be upset if anyone gets it because it's Montreal fans and that's what they do. Matt, what about you, bud? So we'll touch on Pittsburgh first and then I'll, uh, Actually, I'll just throw them all out there right now. There's there's teams that I definitely do not want to see Lafreniere go to. Uh, we're, we're obviously we're not going to know between the Toronto Columbus series as it's happening right now. Um, but out of the teams that are available right now, um, those nine teams: so Toronto, Columbus, Pittsburgh, the Rangers, Winnipeg, Nashville, Minnesota, Edmonton, and Florida. Three of those teams I would never want to see Lafreniere go to three of them being Toronto, Pittsburgh, and Edmonton, solely based on the fact that I'm, I'm just tired of the airtime that these teams get, that these players get that are on them, and you throw Lafreniere into that mix, it's just more and more and more talk about these teams. And I believe that there's teams that could use that player a hell of a lot more than, uh, you know, an Edmonton team that's got two players that can that can produce in Toronto that pays their players whatever they want. And they're still struggling to beat a team to get into the next round. So for me, I would love to see him go to a Western team. Um, Winnipeg or uh, Winnipeg or Minnesota would be my pick. But as Treg alluded to, there are going to be the silent majority that or minority that uh, are going to lose their minds. If, if he goes to any team, which, you know, that's just the way it's going to be. I mean, if you really break it down, though, uh, the NHL is at fault for all of this because the way they dealt with this draft has been terrible. Because, I mean, if you think about it, say you have Edmonton, Pittsburgh, to, say Toronto loses, um, and all these, say all, you know, these upper-tier teams lost. And when I say upper-tier teams, I mean these are teams that were going to get around 100 points for the season if it went the normal season and had no chance of getting the first overall pick. Now, these teams who are already kind of set, they just had a bad series, um, are going to get a chance to get a top pick. To me, I think it's a kick in the nuts to teams like Detroit and Ottawa and uh, New Jersey who had crappy or Buffalo. I mean, well, I mean, Buffalo's kicks themselves in the nuts. But um, 
I, I just think it's 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 bad for them. Like Detroit, it's clearly Detroit's in full rebuild mode, and uh, I personally think uh, the number one pick to them would have been a, would have been a great thing for for their franchise, uh, just because they're nowhere near, um, you know, being a contender just yet. But that would have helped them in a long way. And uh, for a team like Toronto or Pittsburgh or Edmonton or someone like that to get it, I think it's just you know, you're basically saying, oh, you guys kind of have a contender now. We're just going to make you better. So I have an well, issue like with, with the whole Pittsburgh thing. Another thing that I want to bring up is the fact that he's going to be playing with Crosby, or at least on the same team, and they're just going to constantly bring up, oh, these guys both played in the queue. They both played on the same team. They're both the first overall pick. Like, who gives a fuck? Like, it is what it is. They try to do the same shit with McKinnon, because they're from the same, you know, for, they're from the same hometown, and it's just every time they play against each other, every time they talk about them, it's Crosby McKinnon, Crosby McKinnon. Like nobody gives a fuck, nobody needs to hear it every time they look at each other, and I don't want to see it again with Lafreniere, but we know it's gonna happen. Wait, McKinnon's from the same town as Crosby? He yeah, is. Yeah, look at that. Yeah. Is that why they had those Tim Hortons commercials? Yeah, yeah. probably. Yeah. What I want to know is <laughs> huh. why isn't the first Stanley Cup winner out of Cole Harbor, Joey DePenta, in those commercials? That's, That's what a good I want to know. What about John Sim? John Sim. He's not out of Cole Harbor. But, uh, nah, no, but he's from Nova Scotia. I mean, hmm. it's all one place, right? No, no, it's not. Sidney Crosby was not the first Stanley Cup winner in Cole Harbor. I'm just throwing it out no. there. Joey but, uh, no, I, I'm, I'm with you guys on, on quite a bit of this. Uh, I think the NHL did kind of crap the bed, but at the same time, I think they did it the way they did because this is going to get more ratings for their, for their Phase 2 draft, and it's just it's like a money grab. So I, I think they set it up this way. And when it comes to which teams I would prefer to get it. I agree, Matt. These guys, these teams have way too much stuff going on. And if this went, if he went to Toronto, Holy Jesus, could you imagine the crazy stuff that would come out? Like, I, I don't know, a hockey news article uh, cover saying it's not a matter of if, but when and how many cups are going to get. Oh wait, no, they already did that. I was going to say, didn't they um, already do that? Yeah. Like you, you, you literally have to put the game on mute at all times. Oh, Jim Houston would have a field day. Holy God, Jim Houston would. Uh, I mean, I, I don't even like listening to Jim Houston when he's not doing a Toronto game. But imagine doing a Toronto game when they have Lafreniere. Oh, I, I can't let my my kids listen to them talk because it's like a porno. Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> look, it's look just at Nick constant. Rob- but look how Toronto yeah. is with Nick Robertson. Look how they are with Nick Robertson. And imagine if that's Alex Lafreniere. I mean, and it's nothing against Toronto, the team. I mean, personally, if you really think about it, if Toronto was smart, they wouldn't even pick him first overall. If they had the first overall pick, they'd go with the defenseman because that's exactly what they need. Like, I mean, it's, oh. I mean, it's going to be best player, which is Lafreniere. you got to pick the best player. But if you went by team needs and went what's going to help your team now get further ahead, it, they got to pick the defenseman. I mean, I know everyone thinks I'm crazy for saying that, but... No, it's true. They need defensemen. And personally, I'm with you. I would rather he go to Winnipeg yeah. because memory serves. 
the pick that ended up being number one was Winnipeg's to begin with. So be kind of like a poetic justice that they actually get the player they were supposed to win. Was that Winnipeg's <clears> through <throat> a trade? Um, no, no, the, the, you know, team E that was, that was Winnipeg's spot. Oh, was it? Okay. I, I thought Winnipeg yeah. was higher in the standings than that. I'm, mm. I'm, I'm not disputing you. I don't, I don't really know. I'm just, I just thought, but I mean, Minnesota good. would be another team. I'd like to see him go to because they've never had a first overall pick and they could desperately use, uh, a player like him to reset their franchise. I mean, that's Minnesota is such a hockey mad state you throw him in there and they would be able to do a rebuild and the fans there would just adore him they could trade Montreal could trade Caulfield for him it's a oh yeah one situation. for one sure well not yeah. one for one I'm just saying Caulfield no no this is Caulfield we're talking about <laughs> okay maybe a seventh round pick he's just a prospect they're both just prospects we have no idea how they're going to turn out Oh, I love that argument. Oh no, he's just a prospect. He hasn't proven anything. You don't know how they're going to turn out. A draft, yeah. a high, a high draft pick means nothing. It means nothing. That's right. So here, here is Paul Byron. Give me first overall. Yeah. Paul Byron's a proven NHLer. Yeah, your first overall is not a guarantee of anything. He hasn't proven anything. What if he's a dag? What I, if he's a Yakupov? I'm only bringing this up because I kind of had a discussion today with a guy who was going on, right about the pick and how oh picks aren't guaranteed they're not guaranteed picks blah 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 i said well if your team rebuilding you want high picks oh all kinds of teams have won without high picks well like who you know oh boston and they all had high picks yeah but those picks weren't there but they traded them for other players therefore they used their high picks to make their team better but on the other side of that coin you have teams that have had a lot of high picks that had zero success. Well, Buffalo, Edmonton. a Buffalo, Edmonton. Edmonton. Hey, Chris Pudsey, how you doing, buddy? How you feeling? You feeling feel like golfing? Yeah, I thought so. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Chris Pudsey. But it, it's all about mad, how you build mad around love, that brother. pick. Mad love, brother. Mad love. All about how you you build around that pick. And and exactly. Edmonton didn't build like uh, Pittsburgh was perfect. They got Malkin, they got Crosby, and then they built around it, and then they got Flurry, and they built around them. And then they, they won, what, like 12 Stanley Cups or whatever the hell it was, five. <laughs> in a row. Five Stanley Cups or three Stanley Cups or whatever Crosby won. But uh, um, but if you go back, and I see what you're saying about the NHL and how they're trying to gain uh, revenue and they're trying to gain this, this, and this, reviewership and all this kind of stuff. Sure they are, but you're, you're dealing with teams that are a business, right? And just because the NHL itself is trying to draw this and do that, you know, you're you're end up hurting teams. You end up hurting teams in the league. I don't think that's right. Like, I I will I will not like it if a team like Toronto, Pittsburgh, uh, Edmonton, and not just I mean also for the reasons Matt brought up, but for all for everything, it's because there are other teams that need these picks to help their team get better in the future. And now you're just basically, what's the point of now of having a Hey, you might as well have a lotto draft starting next year where every team gets thrown into it. Really? On the, on, on the topic of picks, Matt, what do you think is going to be the difference between a 16th overall and a 9th overall? Is it that big of a difference? I'm not going to say it's going to be a massive difference, but there is a, there is a drop-off. If you were looking at a 9th pick for the Canadians, you were looking at somebody like a Jack Quinn, 
Um, I doubt Perfetti would have fell that far. Maybe an Alexander Holtz. Um, maybe just because of his size, uh, someone like Rossi might have dropped, Jake Sanderson, etc. Um, but you still you still have some really decent players that are going to be available at 16, more than likely. You look at a Caden Gooley, you look at a Braden Schneider for defensemen. You look at Seth Jarvis, who lit it up in the WHL this year. You look at Connor Zary, who looked very good at the U18s. And then you get a wild card, in my opinion, in Hendricks Lapierre, that um, many people have said that if he was healthy, and if you guys don't know about his, um, you know, to our listeners, if you guys don't know about his uh, health concerns, feel free to look them up. Um, he'd be a top five pick probably if he could stay healthy. So I'm looking forward to seeing a team that's going to step up and pick him. I can't really see that the player that they would have picked at nine jumping into the lineup right away anyway. Whoever they pick is going to be a work in progress. So from nine to 16 shouldn't be too big of a difference. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I was thinking. Um, I mean, obviously, if you're picking ninth, you're going to have someone, you know, like a Perfetti who might have slipped a couple of spots. You might be able to get a guy like that. But that's unlikely. Uh, but at, at 16, well, may, maybe you do get someone that slides like a Jarvis. What if, uh, you know, what if it's just, look at Matt Barzal. He was picked at 16th. Kyle Connor, he was picked at 17th. I mean, yes, it's better to have, it's a higher percentage chance to have that higher pick. But if you don't have that option, you're going to have to pin your hopes on the, uh, the on Timmons and his team picking someone that they can, a gem at that, uh, at that, at 16, for instance. Well, it so, doesn't always guarantee, like, if you, no. if you pick in the top 10, it doesn't always guarantee that that player is going to jump into the lineup right away, even, you know, a season or two in. Uh, sometimes we see guys that are picked in the second, third round that just that just haven't. And um, they, they hear their name, they make the NHL squad, and they end up doing very good things for their team. You know, former Canadians great Sebastian Ajo is a second-round pick. This is true. Legends, Canadians, legend Sebastian Ajo. Uh, but well, and you, Benoit Puglio, he was he was a fourth overall pick, and how did he turn out? You know, like it, it's you just need to have your your name read, and then once you're once you're in that system, then that's when the work starts. Absolutely. Well, PK Subban was a second round pick, so. And he has a Norris. That is, well, yeah, he does. Um, yeah. And a Lindsey Vaughn. <laughs> <laughs> but does he have a Marc Messier? No, he doesn't. No, no, but he's got Lindsey Vaughn. I'm sorry. <laughs> I would trade a Marc Messier award to, uh, yeah. 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 We'll just leave yeah. it at that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. I, I think yeah. uh, my, my pick for the Canadians at 16 is Holloway. I think uh, Holloway is out of the University of Wisconsin. Um, he he's a big winger who can play center. He's gonna he has you know he's play he plays with Cole Caulfield and uh, I don't know I just like the guy. Him or uh, Rodian Amarov 
if he's available at 16, would be a good pick for the Canadians. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, those would be good picks. So, anyway, I'm just throwing picks out there. Hell, who knows? By the time the draft comes around, I don't know. Well, Lucas, while we're Lucas talking Reichel picks, might I mean, be in the well, top 16. Exactly. Reichel is definitely one that I was uh, I was thinking about. Yeah. Uh, maybe he'll have his bow tie on and he'll end up on the uh, the virtual podium for the, the Canadians. There you go. But I, I, th- I feel it's a good time to also uh, let everybody know we're recording this on Sunday uh, before the Leafs and the Blue Jackets have their game. This is going to come out on Monday. So if you're listening to this, as soon as it comes out, thanks for thanks for clicking. Uh, and tomorrow on Tuesday, we're going to have Grant McCagg on the show, who's going to go through the entire draft and his thoughts on the whole thing. And the uh, the uh, second unveiling of the first overall pick is Monday night, is it not? Exactly. Yeah. So Monday at six, seven Atlantic. <laughs> what time is it in Edmonton? Because they're going to win. It will be four. <laughs> It'll be four. How many times will that be? Twelve in a row? Yeah, something oh, like that. Taylor Hell's not on the team anymore, so they're That's probably. A good point. You know what? They'll probably won't even pick Lafreniere. They'll probably pick like Henrik Lapierre. I kid, uh, but uh, you know what? Henrik Lapierre. I mean, if he can be healthy, he's a French Canadian. Uh, and like you said, if he was a healthy player, he would have went probably in the top five, at least top ten. If Montreal can get him at sixteen, he can even get his health issues worked out. Who knows? Who knows? I see him as someone that they would trade up to get. Ah, what do you mean? You know, if he's sitting at a twenty-two, twenty-three. Yeah, yeah. You know, okay, maybe yeah. package up a couple of package up a couple of seconds and something else, and move up to get him. But uh, I. I... I mean, changing subjects a bit here, but still staying on the same topic. Now that Montreal's out of the Lafreniere sweepstakes and they're out of the top 10, it's going to be a busy off-season for Mark Bergevin, a busier off-season, I think, for Mark Bergevin because I think you're going to see him try to... I think he's going to try to get a second first, uh, first-round pick. Well, you have 14 picks, yeah, including their first, right? So... They've yep. got the they've got the assets and they've got the uh, they got the picks to be able to move up, and I just want to bring this up. Going back to uh, Lapierre, this is from friend of the show Craig Button. This is his analysis on Lapierre. Said uh, a complete two-way center who can play in every square inch of the ice and be very productive. Outstanding sense and feel for all situations with the ability to process quickly. He projects as an elite number one. Two-way centerman comparable to Patrice Bergeron. Well, I mean that's okay, you know. I guess. I guess that's a good fourth liner. Yeah, I'd say so. But fringe, fringe, fringe NHL or AHL, you know. He's just a prospect. Too. He hasn't proved anything. Absolutely. <laughs> Jesus. Absolutely. <laughs> why even have the draft? This is what I have to say to people like that. So why do we bother drafting people? Why don't we just say, all right. If, why don't we do it the old school way like we used to do when we were kids? If you lived in Cole Harbor, you played for the Cole Harbor team. So if you live in Montreal, play for Montreal. You, you, like, it, it's just like when people say that, oh, they're just processed, means nothing. Well, what is the point of drafting players if they mean nothing? 
Well, I mean, how do you make a team? I mean, you got a tryout, but it's just a tryout. You haven't proven anything, so you're not on the team. Well, I'm I'm just saying, like, so why draft players though? Why don't you just say, all right, uh, all you 18 year olds that live in the Montreal area, come on down to the uh, Bell Center. We're gonna have a tryout to see if you can make the team. That's I just think just out. I think just every year, you know, the Eastern Conference can just meet up, and they can have guys just walk across the blue line and just you know hold arms, <laughs> and then they just you know Bergevin gets to yell out from the stands, saying, "Okay, like Red Rover, Red Rover, <laughs> send Aho over, and if we fucking catch him, we get to keep him." You know? But you right? know, and they get a couple tries, right? But, but that's like I don't get these like. Yeah, I get their prospects, and I get not all prospects work out. I get that. Like, I, I, I'm not an idiot. I, I, I've, I know the sport pretty well. Good, that's debatable, right? Oh, it is debatable. But I, I mean, I know the sport pretty good. But to sit there and say, the, the, your, your main argument about something is, well, it doesn't matter where we pick. It, they're just a prospects. It doesn't matter because they, they may not work out. It's not a guarantee. Well, nothing's a guarantee. You're not guaranteed to win the cup every year. You're not guaranteed to get past the first round of the playoffs. You're not guaranteed to make the playoffs. Nothing's a guarantee. Just ask the Penguins. Just ask the Penguins. <laughs> and maybe the Leafs. I don't know yet. Maybe the Leafs. Actually, I want the Leafs to win. If the Leafs win, they win nothing. They don't even get a first pick, so I want them to win. No, no, they win the right to play Tampa. Yeah, they're listen, the Leafs are not winning the Cup. I'm saying that right now. They're not. They don't have the team to win the Cup. And so if they make it past Columbus... Not only do they not get Lafreniere, and you don't have to listen to that crap, they don't even have a first. They don't even have first round pick because Carolina right. gets it. Goes it. to Carolina. Yeah. So giving up Patrick Marleau. So Toronto, if they make it past the first round, I shouldn't say they won't win the cup. Now that I've said that, they'll probably do it. So everyone on who listens to the show can tell me I'm an idiot. But you can tell me that anyway. You don't need the, them to win the cup to do that. Uh, you know, if they, if they, I'm just saying, like Toronto has it's cup or bust. Really, so no pressure. No pressure, Matthews. Anyway, that's all I have to say about that. Moving on, let's move on, Blaine and Matt. <laughs> let's. How move... about the Philly? How about the Philly series? There you go, Matt. You fu- you start. <laughs> you started off, Matt. <laughs> well, um, Philadelphia Flyers were the hottest team in the league. Prior to the uh, the COVID shutdown, they won 14 of their 18 games prior to the uh, season being paused, and they've been perfect through the play-in round, and obviously they took the first seat. Um, in my opinion, I think Vigneault deserves the Jack Adams. He's really turned the team around, and um, he's made the team you know, a, a contender once again. Um, the season series with the Canadians, Philly won two out of three of them, both in overtime. And the Canadians uh, had a 4-1 victory in January, which was a game that included a two-goal effort from Ilya Kovalchuk, now of the Washington Capitals, and a whopping 17 penalty minutes for Jesperi Kotkaniemi after receiving an instigator and misconduct and a fighting major for his scrap with Robert Hag. And he kicked and the shit out that. of him. He did. I think um, Hag is still picking up his teeth. And that's when he was smaller and, you know, didn't get into the Bergie Arms uh, workout and all that kind of stuff, right? Um, my opinion on the series, puck possession is going to be key. It's going to be very difficult winning faceoffs against the Flyers. It's going to be hard to get the puck in general. 
You've got uh, former Canadians uh, center Nate Thompson playing for that team now. He was 55% in total this season in the faceoff dot. Um, you've got the likely Selkie winner, Sean Couturier, who's 59.7%. You got Claude Giroux at 59, Scott Lawton at almost 54, Kevin Hayes at just over 50, and they got Derek Grant as well at 51.6. Wow. You know, they, they're they are guys that can really, really possess the puck. And for a team like the Canadians that struggles to uh, set up on the power play, if you can't win that initial faceoff, which we've seen time and time again that they can't do, it's going to be even more difficult against a team like the Flyers. So it's going to be a, it's going to be a rougher series. And um, the Flyers can roll four lines. They don't just have a, uh, you know, uh, a one-two punch. Like they, they have scoring up and down their lineup. They get on on the forecheck. Their defense is uh, is more active. And, um, you know, I, th- I think it's going to be uh, I think it's going to be a rough ride. But uh, like we said with the uh, the Penguin series, anything can happen. It's a seven-game series. So if uh, the players come to play like they did against Pittsburgh, Carey Price plays like he uh, plays like he can, we might see an upset, but we'll see what happens. What do you guys think? Well, defensively by the numbers, and I have them right in front of me because I happen to just wrote a story that came out today about this. Uh, goals against uh, goals per 60 minutes, almost identical. Montreal 2.45, Philadelphia 2.44. Shot attempts against Montreal 52.8, Philadelphia 52.3. Scoring chances 24.1 to 24.1. High danger chances, this is shots against, 10 for Canadians, 10.3 for Pittsburgh, and the save percent, or sorry, Philadelphia. The save percentage, Montreal 91.7, Philadelphia 91.5. So defensively, these teams are almost identical. Like, and, and, according to numbers uh, i believe montreal has a more defensively minded defensive core than uh, philadelphia does uh i think price is the better goalie than hart but hart is not uh, nothing to be hey, shy about hey hey carter hart they named the hart trophy after him 75 years before he was born all right let's just let's ease <laughs> up on it I forgot. Yes, you're right, Blaine. I forgot that they did that. My my bad. My bad. Um, but uh, and Carter actually Carey Price is Carter Hart's idol. We'll throw that in there. Um, so it's really uh, it'll be really interesting to see if uh, to see that side of it. Now, if you look at the power play and penalty kill and depth and everything else, well, you're kind of you know, Philadelphia kind of has the edge on most things. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be a very interesting uh, interesting series. I, I don't think it's going to be uh, – I mean, if Montreal's penalty kill plays like it did in the first – against Pittsburgh, I don't think they'll have too much of an issue. But uh, if you're really going to uh, uh, look at this series, I don't think it's going to be an easy win for either team. I really don't. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that one. I think uh, I, the Canadians play Pittsburgh pretty tight, 
so I don't expect it to change much in the playoffs. One goal games, overtime games, I think those are gonna those are gonna happen. But uh, Philadelphia's offense is what is I think is going to make the difference in this series. They're deeper. Um, they're they're a little bit bigger. So I think they're gonna I, I do think they're gonna pull out a six game series win, but I don't think the Canadians are gonna be run out of town. They're they're gonna keep things close. They're gonna make it interesting. They'll win a couple of games, but uh, I, I I can't see Philadelphia losing, especially after like you said, Matt, they were on a run. They were on a tear before they, uh, they shut down the season, and they're 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 three and zero in the uh, the little round robin that they just had against some pretty decent teams. And and they were, I believe, they rested a couple of guys throughout their their little round robin as well. Carter Hart only played two games. Yeah. See, there you go. Yeah. So and and they only allowed one goal per game. So it's not like they. Against Tampa Bay, Washington, and Boston. Yeah, and that, that Giroux, Couturier, and Voracek line, that's going to be Deno's uh, homework assignment. But that that line, I know Crosby and Malkin are pretty good hockey players, but when you got three guys of that caliber on one line, it's going to be hard for Deno and his line mates to shut that down. Bah. And, and even if they did, even if they did, they're still... You know, they still got two other lines that could really put the puck in the net, and it's gonna be a it's gonna be a hard job for Suzuki and Kotniemi to keep up on that. You got Deneau, Lekkinen, and Byron shutting down that line. Lekkinen and Byron just asked D or Beth on Twitter are the two greatest players to ever play the history of the game, and they're gonna do it. You have my confidence. Well, that that's pretty. <laughs> Pretty good. Uh, I I agree. It's going to be a tough. I I'm I'm not going to. I mean, we said this almost the same things about Pittsburgh as well. They were offensively, they were that much better. Uh, you know, I don't know how the young guys are going to match up against them. Like it, it, it. I I agree. I agree with you, Blaine. I I don't see Montreal winning this series. Uh, I said the same thing about Pittsburgh. So now I kind of doubt myself because. I didn't see them beating Pittsburgh either. Um, but I think Philadelphia is just a more... There's something different about Philadelphia. Philadelphia, I think, is the team to watch in the East right now. Uh, I think they were coming in as the sleeper team into the playoffs, whether we had COVID or not. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be a very interesting... Montreal has to be playing on all cylinders for 60 minutes a game every game if they're going to pull off wins. And uh, no mistakes. Like they have to, which, they, they which pre- is possible. They pretty much have to play like they did the fourth game against Pittsburgh every game. Which is possible. That's it why is. you play the games. Yeah. That's why you play the games. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna lean to uh, the odds on this one. Uh, I agree. I, I say Philly. I'm gonna say about six. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it went seven. And I'll tell you now, I wouldn't be surprised if Montreal won. I wouldn't be. I don't. I just I'd don't. Lo- I just love don't a seventh game series. I just don't see it. I'd love to see a seventh game. And uh, I mean, if they win, I will. If Montreal wins, I'll shave my beard. Damn. 
Yeah. The beard that my wife hated, but then when I did shave it, she says, no, grow your beard back. But I think it's just because I'm ugly. So it's just yeah. easier for her to look at me. Uh, it's not like Matt's glorious, heavenly Jesus beard brought from God. So, <laughs> to, to, but, it, you know, his face is like made by perfect marble. So, uh, yeah, it's nothing like that. Well, it's it's not even weathered. That's no, that's the beauty I mean, of being Air Force. He, it's almost like he exfoliates it every night and puts cucumbers on his eyelids. He is Air Force. He is Air Force. He probably has someone to do that for him. He's like, did you get promoted yet, Matt? You did, didn't you? Uh, no, I'm still waiting. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> I know, right? When you when you're a master seaman in the Air Force, you get someone to come and put cucumbers on your eyelids while you're at work. Yes, yeah, it's so it's, uh, it's getting it's getting a little bit ridiculous. Um, you know, from where I ranked. Uh, nationally there's guys that ranked uh you know in the hundreds like the low hundreds nationally and uh they've been promoted before me so what i'm thinking is that you know my paperwork is just held up somewhere by the orderly room and uh maybe this maybe this week so this you week it'll are you telling me that hundreds of your people in your trade get promoted a year no i'm just saying when they do the rankings they usually oh. rank they usually rank to about 140, 150 nationally. What? And uh, for, my, for per trade, or well, with, within my trade, and then um, they usually project a number just like any other trade. Uh, this year, I think they were projecting just over 80 something, and uh, I was within that, uh, you know, that top 80 or so that uh, was supposed to be there. Yet, uh, when they can't fill the positions because people retire or people uh, um, say they don't want to be promoted, et cetera, they move on to the next guy, as you know. And right now, they're into the, uh, they're in, I think, into like 115, 120 to try to hit that 80 some number that they're looking for. Are you hearing this, Blaine? Uh, no, I'm not listening. I'm a P1. 80, <laughs> 80 people get promoted in his trade a year. I know, I know, and I'm. It sickens me. I'm number Maybe. six, and I am not getting promoted. Six, and I'm yeah. five behind the only person getting promoted. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I, I, I'm not. I don't I haven't seen my rankings for this year, but last year I have. I didn't don't rank, bother. and I was still in the. I didn't even rank, and I was still in the top thirty. <laughs> yeah, don't bother checking your ranking. I saw it. Uh, it's. it's... <laughs> And you guys promote... You click on it and the computer literally laughs. And you guys promote 80? Jesus, we're lucky we get three promoted. <laughs> three is a good year. Obviously, Damn. the numbers obviously the numbers go uh, go down the higher you go up, but yeah. Damn. Yeah, we have what's called a, a line that we don't cross. We're like, ooh, can't promote that guy. See, where Treg yeah. is right now, he is that line. I created He's the, the line. They made yeah. the line after they said he's a P two. All right, we're done. We're done. Yeah, we we call it the Treg line. We can't give this guy too much power. <laughs> uh, he just he gets all crazed. We call it the Treg line. Yeah, that's 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 where we're at. Yeah, Jesus, eighty. Anyway, uh, back to hockey. <laughs> <laughs> Why is it when I host the show it goes to shit? <laughs> well, you know what they say. I'm awesome? No. No, you're the oh. host. You can figure it out. Oh. Oh, okay. Wahaha. Wahaha. Well, really, that's pretty much it, guys. Like, uh, I don't know what that's else true. you want to talk about. 
Um, we did the 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 we did the the review of the series Pittsburgh series. We went over the uh, draft and uh, who we think should get it. I think we all consensus agreed it should be like Winnipeg or someone like that. Um, I'd like to see Winnipeg get it. I like Winnipeg. I'd like to see them uh, succeed. Um, and we talked about the Philadelphia Flyers series. Yeah, um, I think I think we're good. I, um, think, we, I think that's everything. And yeah. you've got the uh, Grant McKeg thing coming up on Tuesday after the draft. And that's right. All, so Monday yeah. we've got uh, this this show here for the Monday, and Grant McKeg is going to come join us on Tuesday. And uh, we hope everyone enjoys both shows. And then we'll be back to our regular schedule probably after that. But this is for the playoffs, so. Uh, if anything else pops up, we're going to make more shows. And hey, keep clipping, keep clicking, keep listening. Uh, we appreciate every time you guys do. It help, uh, it makes us feel better. Uh, it validates us. Don't you know, forget cause... to subscribe. Subscribe on oh, your favorite, absolutely, uh, like Spotify or Apple or whatever you listen to. Subscribe and you know say hello. Ask us questions, send us questions. You can DM any one of us or just you know, on any post say, hey, what do you think of this? And we'll bring it up on the show. Uh, we want to get, we would like to get more interactive with you guys, the, fa- the fans who listen to that. So, you know. And on that note, use the new email that we've set up, uh, habsunfiltered at outlook.com. If you have questions or comments, send them in there. Uh, if, they're, if they're within certain bounds of taste and judging by listening to our show, you know, those bounds are pretty wide. We will read it on air, and we'll uh, we'll probably chirp back. Yeah, but don't chirp Matt's beard. I will protect that beard. That's the hill I will stand on. There you go. All right, guys. Uh, everyone, thanks for joining us again. Subscribe, click, like, do whatever you want. Uh, we appreciate your listenership. We'll, Blaine will be back on Tuesday with Grant McKay, and we'll see you next weekend. Support for Habs Unfiltered is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Big news! Manscaped just launched in Canada. For those listeners in Canada, you can be one of the first Canadians to experience their life-changing products. Myself, Treg, and Matt have all had trimming accidents. It happens. Every man has there's nothing to be ashamed of. That's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team perfected the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and have their new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. Their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce manscaping accidents. When I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. The water-resistant technology allows you to groom in the shower. One of the coolest features is the LED light which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. They've also upgraded to a 7000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. If you're listening to me speak right now, I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Trim that junk yours. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code UNFILTERED20 at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Ride, 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 ride,
successful companies find unconventional answers. That's why Zamboni Keepers is your source for wins. When you need someone to hold down your fort, when your normal goalie is out injured, we have the answer for you. Call 1-800-BONY-DRIVER. We have a Zamboni driver available in a rink near you, ready to play nets. For only the cost of a team jersey, our Zamboni experts will be able to face your league's most expensive and nationally overhyped offensive players and provide your team the chance to win. Call 1-800-BONY-DRIVER and win. We here at Habs Unfiltered would like to thank you, all of our listeners, old and new, for tuning in. Please click subscribe so that you never miss an episode of all of our shenanigans. And remember, if you are talking about it, so are we. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com.